I am Betty Collins, and this is Inspiring Women, a podcast presented by my company, Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women toward economic and social and political achievement. And I, Betty Collins, am here to inspire you today on your journey in life, which includes so many things. This is all about you. I am thankful that you're listening, but more importantly, that you're investing time in yourself. You can find more about inspiring women in this episode on the resources tab at bradyware.com. Today, I'm doing something that's a little bit different. I'm actually going to interview a man, but I guarantee you he will inspire you today. He's got an amazing journey, and he and I have had some time together And I said, I really, really want you to be on my podcast. He's just done some exceptional things, and we're going to talk about some of those things. But before we get started, today I have with me Harvey Hook. And he has, he's a legend in Columbus, Ohio, as far as I'm concerned. He's just done it. Um, and he's, he's just a great example. And um, he lives out who he is, which is what's great about him. But Harvey, I want you to just take a couple minutes and, you know, tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm overjoyed to be able to uh, be on the Inspiring Women podcast. So, Betty, thank you so much. Uh, so, Harvey Hook, I'm a the youngest of three boys, born to a lumberjack and seamstress in Lincoln, Maine, northern Appalachia. I like to say that um, we were a hillbilly elegy, mm-hmm. but without all the downside of that. We have we had love, faith family connectivity and we stuck together through it all early on in my life it was very important to me to know who i was and what i was supposed to do with my life Mm -hmm. while my friends were searching for jobs and careers i was searching for what am i supposed to do with my life because this is how i was made and i wanted to live out my purpose Uh, background in psychology masters in uh, counseling Denver Seminary, and then piecing together 40 years of nonprofit work serving mm-hmm. uh, incarcerated kids and inner city at risk youth in Denver and in Columbus. Uh, 26 years working with business professional and government leaders. So when I was working with at risk kids, I was kind of a mentor, coach, counselor, guide. And I simply did the same thing with business professional and government leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been in those roles over the years. I did some time uh, serving uh, f- children and families in the Dominican Republic with healthcare housing. And the latest initiative is uh, working with a friend to help serve homeless individuals here in central Ohio. Yes. Married, two kids, both married, and five delightful delicious grandchildren there he goes if you if you could see us he bet he just lit up with a smile <laughs> on that one when he said that i had met you when you were in in that phase where you were really with the business community yes. you know and having integrity and ethics and and you always had an impression on me and it was funny when we had lunch a couple months ago you said you know we kind of know of each other and yes. so let's just have let's break bread together we had a great time so. and it was just the most natural thing to greet with a hug yeah that we just it just was what we were supposed to do we did we did so but i but what has always um 
uh, I, w- I want to talk about today is something that you really achieved. And, and when people write books and they're an author, that the process is a big deal, right? But you wrote a book, The Power of an Ordinary Life. And as we head into the end of 2022 and we head into, quote, the holidays and all those kinds of things, I want us to, th- this book is powerful. It, it's a good time to, to be reflective. But your book, The Power of an Ordinary Life, um, I have the book, and I haven't read it thoroughly, but I keep saying I'm, it's my next book. But it, it, it's just the the title of it caught me from the beginning. So talk to us a little bit, a bit about the book. You know, the, what's the premise of the book? Premise. Uh, I, I wish in my next lifetime I'm going to be the guy that comes out with, like, the Nike uh logo statement saying just do it right in this lifetime i can't say anything that that quickly what i wanted to do i wanted to write a book for what i would call the everyday average ordinary person of which i am one who wanted to learn or discover if they could live a life that would leave an impact on the world and i wholeheartedly believe Every individual, every impact, every person can have an impact on the world around them. I wanted to bring others onto a journey where they could discover the steps that they could take to affirm themselves and recognize Mm -hmm. that an everyday, average, ordinary life are truly individuals who can change the course of the universe. And I truly believe that. And we're in a time where we could really use some change yes. in the course of our universe, right? <laughs> For sure. Um, why did you write the book? What's the why behind it? I mean, you kind of talked about that, but is there more to the why? Because that's important to my the why. Uh, the, 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 there's a practical reason why. I was turning 50, and I, I needed to do something to <laughs> le- leave my mark on humanity. Yes. So I was going to run a marathon until my orthopedic doctor said, your left knee will not allow you to do that. Yeah. And I was very disturbed. I, 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 it really, really bothered me. I want to do something. And I, I'm, I journal. I go through seasons of journaling every day mm-hmm. or m- weeks and months at a time where I write my reflections down. And I was reviewing my journal, and I discovered in my journal um, the game plan for the book. I wanted to help people come and know and understand what's your de- what's my destiny, what's my purpose, what what's my mission, what are my gifts and abilities, what are my priorities, what's my strategy for getting it done, how do I leave an impact mm-hmm. on the world around me, and what will my legacy be? Yeah. And those were notes I had journaled. I put the I uh, I wrote those down. I'm fairly well read, mm-hmm. and so I literally went to my library and sorted books into stacks that applied to each of those categories. And I looked at what others said about those things. And then I began. Then I wrote the outline to the book. Yeah. And I started from there. So, how many years have you journaled? And did you keep? Have you kept all that? I've journaled for forty years, and I've kept mm. everything I've journaled. Oh, that's why. Uh, now there are there are times and seasons where eight or nine years in a row, there's kind of nothing. Yeah. And then there are seasons where it is just flush mm-hmm. with thoughts and poems and reflections and notes. And so that was what started. Well, in the opening to your book. It's, there's this unknown, unknown young woman named Ashley Smith. So who is she, 
and why would her story matter to us? Oh, she really, she really touched my life. I could have began the, uh, the book with a story of someone that we all would know. It could have been Mother Teresa. Right. Okay. We know that story. Ashley right. Smith, 26-year-old young woman, single mother. Her daughter had been taken from her because of repeated drug and alcohol mm. abuse. Uh, 18 months prior to this event in her life, her husband had gotten into a fight, was stabbed, and killed. This was a Friday night, Saturday morning. She is going to go visit her daughter, Paige, who's living with a relative. Hours before this, this man named Brian Nichols uh, was on his way to court in Atlanta. Uh, he overpowered the uh, female deputy, uh, took her gun, took her handcuffs, her handcuffs, handcuffed a deputy he met along the way, went to the courtroom, found the judge and the court reporter, murdered both of them, murdered another uh, officer on the way, somehow found his way into a federal um, police official's home, killed him, took his truck, made his escape. So sub Brian Nichols, subject to the largest manhunt in uh, the history of the state of Georgia, mm -hmm. on the run. Uh, Ashley, it's now 2 o'clock in the morning, and Ashley steps outside her apartment to smoke a cigarette. Brian Nichols shows up, gun into her ribs, pushes her into her apartment. Ashley says to herself, my life is over. Long story short, he ties her up. He takes a shower. She's in a chair in, in, the, in the bathroom with him, towel over her head. He cleans up, and he wants to talk. She begins to talk about herself, her abuse, lost her husband, lost her child, drug abuse, addiction, and he came to realize he was talking to somebody who was very much like himself. He untied her. She convinced him to take the truck. She would take her car. They went and hid the truck, and then they came back to her apartment. Um, she began to read from the book uh, Rick Warren's um, Purpose Driven Life. Excellent He began book. to ask questions. He agreed to let her go visit her daughter and gave her $40. Mm. She made pancakes for him and put real butter on the pancakes. And that transpired into her calling the police. And when the police arrived, Brian Nichols walked out the front door waving his T-shirt in surrender and gave himself up to the police. And so she was, he had offered her to take drugs with him and she figured if she was gonna die, she was not going to leave a legacy of drug abuse in mm -hmm. her blood system. And she refused, no matter what it, would, what it would take. And so that's why her life matters. She was just struggling to hold on. But in those hours, those seven hours that took place, between 2 a.m. and 9 a.m. in the morning. Everything came to fruition in her life, and Brian Nichols was given an opportunity for the beginning of a new life. That's why her life matters. Ordinary life, the power of an ordinary life. Yes. Yes, I've heard, I've heard that. I've read the Rick Warren book. It's, it's yes. fabulous, and they've gone through all of that. Um, so that's why you started with her. 
uh, powerful. So mm. if anything else, find out who she is, right? Yes. <laughs> what did you learn when you wrote this book? What did you learn while you were doing this? Um, I, I began to realize what I was writing down in the book was who I am. I, um, I'm going to fast forward from when I wrote this book, 10 years into the future, and uh, a greater clarity has come. I believe that people who know who they are, that's your identity, why they are here, that's your purpose, uh, how you should live, your character, are best prepared to love, love, serve, and lead themselves and others in healthy, high-impact ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a study out of London, in, in, uh, London, England, tied together with, I believe, uh, State University of New York, that l- literally shows that people who know and understand their purpose in life are healthier, happier, and they live longer. There's something that takes place all the way down to the cellular level uh, that really transforms those people who know their purpose in life and if i I fully believe that if if i'm employed somewhere my number one job is not sorry betty serving the (laughs) needs of my employer it's bringing my purpose to work with me each day and then myself and my purpose together are then best combined to serve the needs of my employer and what whatever clients and vendors are that we serve out there. Mm. That's a lot to learn. That's a book in itself, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Well, in your mind, because you you're very focused on purpose. What is purpose to you? Oh man. Uh, purpose is wow. You would think I, I should be the expert in having the expert <laughs> answer for this. Ask Rick Warren. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it is that thing that drives me, mm-hmm. the thing that leads me through life. So uh, I'm going to tell you what my purpose is while I search for a much better answer. Okay. Um, well, purpose, it's your reason for being. Right. My re- your reason for being, and then I'll come back to my purpose. Um, thank you, brain cells, for kicking in. It's okay. Uh, it, it's your reason for being. Um, uh, conversation three years ago, company CEO, and we're talking about my book. Mm-hmm. And he says, Harvey, you." when I was 25 years old, and this guy's done well, I was looking for a job and a career. I didn't give one iota of thought to purpose. And it was, it's always been my wiring. It's nothing, I, I don't think I decided to do it. I think I had to do it mm-hmm. to know what my purpose in life was. So it's the reason why I'm here. It's the reason I, behind everything I've ever done in my life. And there's been different iterations over the years based mm-hmm. on how I viewed or, or what particular segment of the world I was serving. Uh, it, it, my purpose in life is to create opportunities for individuals and communities to thrive. That's what I, that's what I do. Um, now, so what does that look like? Um, it looks like when I was uh, leading the, the organization, The Gathering, mm-hmm. and we would, we would bring business, corporate, faith, uh, 
government leaders together and we would listen to Tony Dungy, Elizabeth Dole, uh, Zig Ziglar, you name whoever these per mm -hmm. people were. I wanted to give, deliver the best of the best to the leaders in Columbus so that their lives maybe could have a better impact on those people that they led and served. So it was always about seeking to make the person better, mm -hmm. create opportunities. Part of that was, you know, as a, as a white guy from small town USA, uh, I, I jumped into in Denver and Columbus working in this area of reconciliation and race, and I've done it my entire adult life. And maybe somewhat of an anomaly to my peers in the community, I, I, I went out to the significant African-American leaders in our city and I put together forums and conversations um, and they were always held in the black community, not the white community. Don't come to where we're at. And then I would seek to bring the white community to them mm -hmm. on their turf. The significant speakers were always black. So it was an, always an opportunity. So I would lead in those areas. Mm -hmm. that they weren't necessarily in my job <clears throat> description, right. but it was, a it was a way to make our community a better place to live. Which is your underlying purpose. Yes. That's just who you are. I know that when I read Purpose Driven Life, I also did Simon Simic's Why. Oh, Went to book. the University of Why with Betty Clark. She helped me. And I kind mm. of took those two and, and kind of they intertwined. But yet purpose was kind of the first. And then mm -hmm. the why, they worked hand in hand. So I don't know if you've ever gone through that. I'm sure you have. But it's just not, fabulous. I've, I've, I've read I read some of his works. Yeah. It just putting those two together on purpose and why it really, really helped me have a whole new. I'm I'm not about depreciation in your tax return, you know. Yeah. And so it, it just really solidified things for you me. Know, and, and, and knowing and understanding your why, or knowing and understanding your purpose, uh, whatever path of life you're on, they're going to be. Um, <clears throat> broken toes, busted ankles, skinned knees, successes, failures, bruised, divorce, uh, uh, drug-addicted children, cancer, you name it. But if you're pursuing your why, your why will su help to sustain you through all of that as opposed mm -hmm. to, well, this is just a job. Right. This is just a career. Right. Um no, I mean, when I did those two things together, um, my whole entire outlook changed. Yes. Which, which is why I'll go into this next question. I mean, you told me that people who have purpose, you know, I'm going to put the why in there as well. They live longer, they're healthier and happier than their peers. I'm sure my audience would love to hear more about how do we know that? You know, how do you know that? I'm sure it's because you know, but... Why are these people happier? Why are they living longer? Why is their health in order? Because life isn't easy, but it can be easier, is how I describe it. Mm. Um, I, so much of this is rooted, is it comes from my worldview. Yeah. Whether our, you or our audience can relate to this or not, if you, if you can't, look for transferable concepts that will work for you i i believe myself in humanity i believe we we were created by god mm -hmm. and i believe he has created me with incredible worth and value 
And if I am part of humanity, all of humanity comes equipped with inestimable value and worth. So I, I begin my purpose from that vantage point. All people of value. All people have hope. There's always hope at the end. The glass, and I have been depressed. I have been curled up in a, in on my bed before. Uh, right. I, you know, I have had all of those things going on in my life. Uh, but th- there has always been a, a purpose that would bring me back up out of that. Right. Um, so. Th- it's in that context. I'm not sure I've answered your question, though. So no, you, you have. I mean, I, I, I think when people understand the why and purpose, which is why I like doing and talking about your book at this time of year, because people do a lot of reflecting. They do a lot of, you know, hey, we're having holidays. Hey, we're ending the year. Hey, you know, we're starting a new, you know, January 1st seems to be this reset. Yes. So I think people need to get a hold of the purpose and the why, and they, they will have a healthier, happier life. Well, so, and, and so in a variety of ways to put yourself on a path, on a pathway to discover your purpose in life, of course, uh, Kindle version or, or buy the hardback or softback, the power of an ordinary life from Amazon. The internet's a great place. How do I, how can I know and understand my purpose in life? There's a, a variety of resources out there with a series of questions. I began by journaling. I began by listening to others. And then I add practical application to mm-hmm. that. Um, as in, you know, the emotional quotient, uh, the disc, Briggs-Meyer, the Enneagram, uh, strengths finder. There's a variety of tools out there. Unfortunately, I didn't discover most of those tools till later in life. Sure. But onto okay. So Harvey, my, your purpose is to create opportunities for people and communities to thrive. Well, how do you do that? Well, uh, my my results tell me I'm visionary. I'm uh, I'm a connector. Yeah. This introvert, when he goes out to networking events, just becomes the big extrovert who's connecting with everybody. I'm a connector. I'm strategic. I'm an advocate. I've got to be fighting for something or someone. I'm I'm a builder and a maximizer. That is the profile of somebody who is is an entrepreneur who starts things and builds things and maximizes them. So I have a history that goes with that. So I I add the internal discovery that comes by answering key questions, boiling it down to discovering your purpose, and I add on to that some of these uh, resource tools Mm -hmm. that give me the freedom to forget about my weaknesses most of the time and give most of my attention to my strengths. Early in my life and career, I was doing it backwards. Yeah. I think we all do that, though. Yeah. You know, it's easy to do it. So, obviously, you know your purpose. You define it well. It's, and what's interesting is you could be on a beach somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And instead, you take on this whole new big thing, which I'll let you talk about. But so, obviously, knowing your purpose, it's your life's work. It isn't, I'm this age, I'm done. Right. And so how has knowing your purpose impacted life work? You know, I don't know if I'm asking that correctly, but you're, you're not retired at all. You're not 
stopping at all. You're just doing something differently because it's life's work. It's 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 my life work to live right. my purpose until I'm gone. I'm 69 years old, um, and uh, there are other things in life I could be doing. Every significant role I've ever had in life came because somebody picked up a phone and called me. I've never needed my resume. Yeah. And I got a pretty good resume. I've you sharpened do. it you multiple do. times, <laughs> and nobody ever wanted me yeah. when the resume went through the door first. <laughs> but um, so, so for me, it was an opportunity. I got a phone call yeah. uh, from an attorney friend here in Columbus, Ohio, Juan Jose Perez, and he is starting a um, Nonprofit organization, Vista Village, Vista, beautiful view, Vista Village. And what we are doing is we are developing a tiny homes community to serve homeless individuals. Tiny homes, 420 square feet, bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, living area, front porch. Um, and uh, we, we are putting all that time and energy and effort into the beauty of the home because we want to embrace the dignity of the individuals whom we are going to be serving. It is in Southeast Columbus. We have 15 acres of land. We're developing it in, um, in two phases. Uh, and the people we're going to serve will be truly the homeless living in their cars or living in the camps mm -hmm. who want to come off the land. Young adults aging out of foster care, ex-offenders returning to society, mm -hmm. uh, veterans, and those coming through substance recovery programs. We're going to put those populations together. There's a great need in each one of those communities. Um, every individual who comes into Vista Village, this is what we're doing to seek the best outcomes for success for them not for us each one of them comes in will have an existing relationship with a service provider mm -hmm. so they're not meeting anybody new so to speak uh, they have a service provider they have a case plan they make a commitment to continue that case plan to live at vista village for 18 to 24 months yes we will be the new people we will facilitate and coordinate the services. Um, we will have rules and guidelines. Uh, but our hope is to provide these individuals hope, help, love, healing, professional services, financial literacy, mental health care, health care, dental, vision, uh, workforce development. So our community partners will provide all of that. And then over 18 to 24 months, they will secure employment, have a savings account, and then at the end of that, we will Thank work you. with other community partners to move them to their own independent living in the broader community. And at that point, that opens the door for the next resident to come and live at Vista Village. And the reason I wanted you to, to talk a little bit about that was just everything's driven by purpose. You don't have to do what you're doing, right? You're 69 years old. You mm -hmm. don't have to do, but yet your purpose drives it. Your your why drives it, and your the power of your ordinary life continues. Yeah, and continues. And, I, and I'm here to help my my younger associate John Perez, who's 66. Who <laughs> the reason we're all in this thing together as an attorney? He has clients. 
one of his clients was sued by the city of Columbus to move a homeless camp off their downtown property. Mm. And John chose to um, work with the city, work with Mount Carmel Health Care System and their homeless outreach ministry mm-hmm. to transition that camp off to an alternate location. So we handled it ethically, morally, spiritually, and not legally. And so as he got engaged in this process, he said, he asked, what about the homeless? How are we serving the needs of the homeless in this community and nationally? Two years of research, it's from there that we discovered tiny homes. It is more cost-effective. Wraparound services does provide a much higher degree of success on the backside. And uh, and then John and I get to continue to live out our purpose, and others will join us in this effort. Well, what I know my audience knows now is you're obviously, your book is amazing. You should read it. You understand purpose. Talk to my audience as we kind of wind down about how do you get started in knowing that. For you, you said it came really natural to have mm-hmm. my purpose, right? How does someone get started when they're going to get ready to start a new year? They're getting, re- I mean, everyone does this. What what do we call them? The the New Year's resolution. Yeah, re- instead, how would you direct people in my audience to go? No, start with your purpose, and here's how you start doing that. How do they do that? Well, however you want to do this, whether it's an iPad, computer, um, I, I love paper and pencil. Right. Um, you ask yourself the question, why am I here? What's my purpose in life? I would ask five other people in your life, what do you think my purpose in life is? And the beauty of that is they get to think about their purpose as well. Um, I would look at the five or six significant things you've done in your life and what brought what gave you joy mm-hmm. from doing those four or five things where <clears throat> you sensed you were successful. Not that the final results, you know, were, were, were worthy of an award, but successful because it filled up who you were. I would look at those things. I would, um, and I can provide to you and to your audience resources yeah. such as the Enneagram or the emotional quotient. I, I'm connected to leaders in those fields in, in Columbus. Uh, I can provide a series of questions and a process for people to go through. Uh, but it, it really, you know, it's 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 not Wordle. You know, it's not. You know, you you don't you're not going to come up with it in six guesses, so to right. speak. Right. But but you stay with it and you write and reflect and. I had a friend, I shared with him my version of my purpose at that time, and he said, Harvey, that's way too many words. I think, it's, I think I'm down to seven words now uh, to, create, to create opportunities for people and communities to thrive. It may be longer, but I know and understand what, 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 that, what that means. And it doesn't mean it's, it's, not, it's not tiny homes. It's not the business community. It's not my work in the Dominican Republic or, or incarcerated kids. It's all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's simply who I brought to each one of those situations and then what I brought out of myself while I was there. 
No, our audience would love it. And we'll, we'll connect and make yes. sure that they can go to these resources that you definitely can to get people started and to get people thinking and, and getting the mindset changed, the purposes. And, and of course, you didn't say they should read The Power of an Ordinary Life, but I will. Oh, <laughs> so, please. It's right. Now, it's on Amazon still, correct? Yes, it yeah, is. Okay, all right. It is. So you definitely just want to go out and find that. But I want you to leave, you know, what are your final thoughts on today's conversation? We, you know, just enjoyed listening to you. I can get very, you notice I haven't talked much, which is not like me. <laughs> I've done more listening today, but what, what, what would be some final thoughts that you would like to leave with the audience? For on those occasions, when someone wants me to autograph my book, yeah. um, I write the date, I write the name and I ask a question, what will you do today in some small way to change the world forever? I always ask that question um it's so it's not so i've chosen not to quote give a a a a short quip inspirational comment or best of luck in life which for those who do it great good for me it's a throwaway line i don't want to use i want the person to read what i wrote and look at themselves and that's that's the starting point um so what will you do today in some small way to change the world forever? Because I can't be in Ukraine today alongside of Zelensky. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. But um, I'm going to encounter people in my neighborhood, uh, people in my family, people in the workplace over the next three or four days. And there's something I can do there. Ashley Smith did it at 2 a.m. in the morning. Yes, she did. Correct. Well, it's been a pleasure having you today. Um, I, I enjoyed getting to connect connect with you a couple months ago, and I just wanted my audience to really hear the message that you have. So powerful. Um, so Harvey Hook, he wrote The Power of an Ordinary Life. He's lived in a very powerful, ordinary life and, and just does it so humbly. So thank you for being with us today. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to some of those resources that we can my audience can take it a step further. Wonderful. I'll put those together and get them over to Okay. You. Sounds wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you, Betty. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will grow. You need to be prepared. And you can do that by going to our website, bradyware.com, to find out more about us and the accounting services that we provide. All this and more about the podcast can be found in the episode show notes.